suppose we should mention this right off the bat, that the Biden administration, uh, Joe Biden came out and said it himself last night, outlined his $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief proposal. This would be one of the biggest uh, bills in U.S. history. Well, really second only to that $2.3 trillion dealio that happened toward the beginning of the uh, the pandemic. But here's another 1.9. We just passed a, what, 1.3? Right. Like a week ago? Two weeks well, ago? Biden said something to the effect of, this cannot wait. It waited for like eight months while Nancy Pelosi tried to make you miserable enough to elect Biden. This would include which another... Which worked, more or less. This would include another round of $1,400 stimulus checks. Now, AOC came out screaming and saying, you promised $2,000. So he's they're going to pains there in the Biden administration to say, yeah, the 600 from the last one... And fourteen hundred from this one adds up to two thousand. So that's how they're getting to their two thousand dollar promise. Boy, they must not have a lot of math there at BU where she went. Well, I, guess, I uh, you know, he promised two thousand, so she was wanting another two thousand, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a it's a little fudgy to say uh, the six hundred from the last stimulus counts as part of this one, don't you think? <laughs> and if you include the twelve hundred from the first stimulus, yeah. your two hundred dollar check is on the way. <laughs> Um, and, nice. I'm working with a couple of liberals and, here. That's what I'm sensing. And this round, oh, they're also going to try to jam in the $15 hour minimum wage, among other oh, things, God. into this whole thing. Hey, ruin the economy. Why not? Um, That'll make it easier to pay off this debt. Uh, people that haven't gotten checks so far that didn't qualify in the past will qualify this time around. They're going to widen the crowd that gets the money, but... You know, and there's there's going to be a lot of complaining that all of a sudden some people care about these massive bills they didn't before. I'm if Trump was still in office and we were doing a we we're talking about a 1.9 on the heels of a 1.3 or whatever it was from just two weeks ago. In addition to the however many trillion we spent last year, good God! Yeah, yeah. So we get some economists involved that might say, you know, there's a limit to how many times you can do this. And if you wanted to revive the economy, maybe you could be a do a better job of distributing the vaccine. Which brings us to a tale of three states, three or more states. A couple of exhibits before we get into the actual uh, bulk of the article. As I click over here to my other screen. This happens to be uh, from Cal Unicornia, which is one of the three states we'll be profiling. Uh, the headline... I'm just trying to find my place in line. Frontline healthcare workers who are number one in line are saying, I have no idea how to get my shot, where to get my shot. Um, here's. Wow, if one... they don't know, no wonder I don't know. Right. Uh, meanwhile, California counties are begging for more coronavirus vaccine as the state adds a potential four to six people, four to six million people to those eligible. Uh, I'm a tier one healthcare worker in San Diego, writes Anonymous. I just spent four hours online attempting to make an appointment to receive a vaccination without success. I was offered appointments, entered all sorts of information from social security number to birthday, address, phone, email, and more, then told make another appointment. I repeated this process over and over again without success for four hours. Meanwhile, my parents in their 70s living in Houston have already received their vaccination and have an appointment for the second dose. Frustrating California incompetence. Well, it- varies completely state by state and county by county across the country. Completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a great point by Rob. Guys, the state's given out the lowest percentage of their vaccines. Arkansas, Georgia, Alabama, Hawaii, Virginia, Idaho, California, Alaska, at all. 
Uh, I, I, um, we were talking about, wow, that's red and blue, that's north and south, that's populous, that's, uh, you know, uh, less densely populated states. What's the story? Rob goes, uh, writes, I agree it has to be government incompetence, but take it a step further. What causes government, or really any, any industry, to get fat, lazy, and incompetent? These are all states with no real political competition. Mm. Not a red-blue thing, a do people in your government actually work for a living wow, thing? Wow, that's interesting. I didn't look at the, we were looking at the list the other day and trying Listen to figure out. Listener of the day. What, <laughs> Listener of the day, yes. We have Armstrong and Getty oven mitts are, are in the mail already to you. Uh, we were looking at the list trying to figure out, what do these states at the bottom have in common? What do the states that have done the best job have in common? And we're not coming up with anything, but that that's a good guess right there. Yeah, and to a large extent, I'm scanning the states, and, and things are changing, but they are, to a large extent, more or less one-party states. Texas was toward the top, while California was toward, toward the bottom. Texas is a pretty one-party-ish state. Yeah. I mean, decreasingly so, but uh, it's an interesting premise, though, anyway, and, and it could be a partial explanation, if not a total one. Then, of course, Rob signs off. Been listening since before I was born. Now my grandkids listen. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Rob. So anyway, getting to this story uh, that's making the rounds, California ranks near the bottom of states in vaccine distribution. Here's what more successful states are doing. Well, so this it's only isn't about one of the most. If it were a country, it'd be the fifth biggest economy in the world. It's the richest state in the country. You can't. How could they possibly do it? Ready or not, I'm incompetent. Call me at the French Laundry if you need me. <laughs> I'm creepily handsome, and people think I'm competent, but I'm a half-wit. I dine outdoors, even though there's a chandelier. Indoor, outdoors. <laughs> it was an early dinner. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner, but... Good Lord, that that moron is the governor of Cal Unicornia. Well, I like this writing by Annika Holm. She writes, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way, goes the quote. It's actually, uh, what's his name, Tolstoy, right? First line from Anna Karenina. Right. Uh, But when it comes to the vaccine rollout, every successful and unsuccessful state has a different story. Though California has vaccinated the second highest number of people, the state ranks near the bottom of the 50 states in the percent of vaccine dose uh, administered. Um, uh, does that make that clear? The percent, yeah, with just 25% of its vaccines given and 2.1% of the population vaccinated. For comparison, West Virginia and North Dakota, the two states at the top of the list, have used 60 and 70% of their doses, respectively, over that, resulting in 5% of the state's population getting the shot. So they're doing, you know, two and a half times better than Cal Unicornia. What went wrong in California? And what's ma- what makes other states you know, more successful? That's a decent point. I was looking at that backwards because they also had the graph of how much vaccine each state has gotten. And California hasn't gotten that much. But that makes it worse, not better. You ha- you don't have very much to distribute, and you haven't distributed that. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's awful. I'm going to quibble with this next sentence, but that's fine. California, to adopt a first-come, first-serve model for vaccination... Uh, maybe it would be better for them to do that, but there's the risk of descending into Floridian chaos of seniors camping out on lawn chairs overnight. Let's see if that happens first, and if well, we have that problem, we'll try to straighten it out. But so far, that's not been the problem. But that's inconvenience. That's not chaos. They're camping out because they want to and because they have access to vaccines. I mean, I I, I slept out, uh, I stayed up overnight to buy concert tickets back when you had to be there at the box office. What concert? That was, was not it? chaos. What it was, concert did you actually sleep out overnight to get tickets for? Uh, Partridge once, Family? <laughs> once for uh, Rush and once for Pink Floyd. As wow, I Pink Floyd. 
Yeah, yeah. It was after Roger Waters left the band, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, those are good anyway, ones to sleep over for. Yeah. Anyway, moving along. This segment is not about my taste in hard rock. Um, uh, I, I find that perfectly fine. Uh, but she goes on to write, perhaps California's software system to coordinate vaccine distribution beset with technical problems is partially responsible for the slow rollout. Or maybe it's the availability of mass vaccination sites, the geography. That's, that's all bull crap. Yeah. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Maybe it's simply money or avoiding major phar- pharmaceutical chains like CVS and Walgreens. West Virginia incorporated them. It used them. It's just bad bureaucracy. But listen to this. Here's your punchline. And and who does a half-wit hire? A guy like this. Dr. Mark Galley, California's Health and Human Services Secretary, said at a Tuesday press conference that the state's slower rollout might just be the byproduct of meticulous planning. It's actually a positive, Jack. Wow. Quote, I don't want to speak for South Dakota, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Any of those states that somehow actually got the vaccine out to people. With, I'm sure, contempt dripping from his voice. I'll go on. But I will say that certain states that have put a great deal of effort into coming up with their priority groups, watching how we keep a keen eye on yeah. equity, okay, have been in the same place where California is. Okay. In other words... Our priorities are killing you, and we're proud of it. That is exactly what I heard on NPR the other day, where the, the hosts were really concerned that some people were going to get the vaccine that didn't, didn't deserve it. They didn't qualify as being a, an aggrieved group. That right, was their, they might be white people, their for concern, instance. Their focus of the concern was not, we got vaccine sitting in vials and not in people's bodies. Right. Right. We got to correct that. That was not the concern. The concern was, well, how do we keep people from who don't deserve it from getting it? Oregon. What if, what if some forty-year-old white male got it? Oh my God! We're better off to have everybody die than to have that happen. Might as well have slavery back. God, Might as well join the Klan. Jeez, how can you put up with a government that says crap like that? So you, so you're, you think it's a win that people aren't getting vaccinated rather than. Some of the wrong people getting vaccinated. He's proud of it. Wow, that is so crazy. That is That kind of liberalism is a mental illness. You are mentally ill. Now, up in Unicornagon, <laughs> even Oregon has said, this ain't Oregon, let's just give it to old people. I mean, they figured it out, but in proud, proud Cal Unicornia, they're sticking to their guns. Now, interestingly, in this article, the gal who wrote it points out that Rhode Island was doing some pretty woke stuff, too, trying to figure out who ought to get it. But they've administered nearly 50% of its doses. They're in the top half for distribution, despite the ongoing debates about age, health conditions, occupation, where people live, that sort of thing. So they've not been, like, as wide open as Florida, kind of a medium uh, approach to it. But they've been extremely successful. So apparently it takes wokeness and incompetence to get to the California uh, situation. Now, Alex Azar, the uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, a friend of Armstrong and Getty, uh, says some states' heavy-handed micromanagement of this process has stood in the way of vaccines reaching a broader swath of the vulnerable population more quickly, which is clearly true and common-sense stuff, and I will leave you once again 
with Dr. Mark Galley, who runs this in California. I don't want to speak for the other states, but I will say that certain states that have put a great deal of effort into coming up with their priority groups, watching how we keep a keen eye on equity, have been in the same place where California is. That's your government. Keep voting for it, idiots. So other groups who value intersectionality over health are in the same spot we are, and we're all proud of it. Right, exactly. This is the right approach. You are mentally ill, and no uh, normal public would put up with it. Uh, No, indeed. No, Um, indeed. It is outrageous. Remind me again why people, by the tens of thousands, are fleeing the prettiest, most interesting geographically and climate state in the Union. Why might that be? Another important Giant corporations, too. Another important topic on the way. How interested would you be in having a robot as a pet? We'll look into the numbers. <laughs> uh, that's I'd li- all- actually like to have a robot to help me take care of my pet. Mm. Would you like to have a robot as a pet and a bunch of other stuff? Oh, there's some other COVID news you got to hear. Uh, then it ain't necessarily good. Stay here. This is insane. I read that an investor has over $200 million worth of Bitcoin in a digital wallet, but can't remember his password to unlock it. Oh. Now, it gets worse. Wait, wait. It, it, oh, my gosh. I, but you I, can't I, handle it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So we've, we've cut off the joke. That's an it interesting. It gets so much worse, it cannot be aired. It's an interesting story on its own, though. Here, here, let's try this one. Okay. This is insane. I read that an investor has over $200 million worth of Bitcoin in a digital wallet, but can't remember his password to unlock it. Now, it gets worse. He's already tried eight times, and he only has two more tries to get it right, or the device will self-delete. Dude, I start sweating when I'm over two with my Zappos password. <laughs> I had a situation like that. I got a uh, a Mac computer, and there was something in the news at that time about it was right after one of the big hacks or something. So it gave me the option when I was setting up my new MacBook Air, you know, which is not an inexpensive uh, little uh, gadget, and uh, gave you the option for some sort of super duper encryption. Yes, but but a warning on there that if you go with this super duper encryption, you know you'll you'll and you and you lose your password, you'll be locked out forever. I mean, there's oh. no there's no like breaking in, there's no workarounds, there's no just resetting it. Like there's no do. sending an email to Apple. I forgot my password. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the whole point of it is now this is a, nobody can get in. So I went with that, and then because I am me, lost my password. Oh no. Yeah. How'd this tale of woe end? It's still sitting on a shelf. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. Yeah, and it's so me. I mean, it's like... So you use it as a doorstop or anything? Are you getting, getting any use out of it? It's funny that I leave it on the shelf like somehow magically this is going to get solved. Maybe it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> So I've read a, a little bit of a longer article about this this guy who's got his uh, his and he 
he bought like a thousand dollars back when Bitcoin was was super cheap. That's he he wasn't a millionaire who put it in this, but he says he'll wake up like in panic sweats in the middle of the night and think maybe this is it. Yeah, and and yeah. but he's he'll he'll type it in, but he doesn't hit enter. He just kind of oh no 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 that's not it that's not it and goes back and oh he doesn't have the nerve to use one of his two remaining tries. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, coming up, we'll talk about some of the news of the day, the big, giant uh, Biden stimulus plan that they announced yesterday. We've been avoiding the I word today, but there are a couple of interesting wrinkles on that. They're arresting more and more people from the melee, and these people need to be arrested. Oh, my God. Uh, so more, more on that coming up in a second. How interested would you be in having a robot as a pet? Not. So we have seen videos of... their. There's the Boston Electronics robots where they're really designing robots to do things like work in factories and warehouses and stuff like that. And one of them's kind of shaped like a dog, but it it isn't really. It's just a robot with four legs and its nose mouth thing is a hand that can pick things up. Yeah. So I think if you get yourself a robot dog instead of a dog, you're missing the point. But we, but, but you've seen there are robots that are purely designed to be dogs. We've yes. we've talked sure. about those videos. Yeah. yeah, they're popular in Japan. Weird. No kids and robot dogs. What a weird society. Panties and vending machines, please. Um, uh, You are in the majority of people there, Joe, with the not interested at all is 55%. That is by far the plurality, the biggest group. Not interested at all. Uh, Somewhat interested is 14. Well, not very interested is 14. (laughs) So you add not interested at all with not very interested, you're at almost 70%. (laughs) Right. I I wouldn't invest in robot dogs anytime soon. Um, Then uh, 14% somewhat interested, 9% very interested, and then 8%, I don't know. Maybe I'd like a robot dog. Maybe I wouldn't. No opinion. I don't know. How'd I get in this line? (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe we delay the trial for a while uh, so that we can actually get President Biden's uh, nominees and cabinet up and running and so that we can actually get a COVID relief package out the door immediately. And as part of healing the country and getting us to a place where we can focus on things that are going to matter over the next four years, I think Joe Biden's going to have to at least think about that. So how interesting is this? That's Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat, Senator from New York. And James Comey, who couldn't hate Trump more, uh, Gillibrand, 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 arguing, um, uh, we got to delay the Senate trial, which means don't have the Senate trial, because if it gets delayed, it's never going to happen. And James Comey saying they got to consider a pardon. He actually said Biden needs to consider pardoning Trump for the good of the country. And the other interesting part of this to me is taking in the lefty media yesterday, at least on the shows I watched on MSNBC and CNN. They didn't talk about that. So they act like the left is unified and we got to impeach him. We got to get him out now. It's the most important thing in the world. But Fox is letting me know, no, some of your some of your leading Democratic voices are saying, I don't think this is a good idea. Interesting. Lon He Chen is the David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen and joins us now. Lon He, welcome. How are you? Gentlemen, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. So. I had assumed, I stated yesterday that there was no way that the impeachment trial would take place in the Senate because it was just such a terrible idea from Democrats' perspective. Uh, was I overconfident? Was I wrong? Is it still uh, up in the air? What's your thoughts? 
Well, I, I think, you know, you saw Joe Biden give uh, a speech last night where he basically said, look, here are the things that we want to do to get the economy going and deal with the pandemic. And I think a lot of Democrats, I, I don't know about a lot, but I know a fair number of Democrats uh, are basically saying, look, that's got to be the focus, at least at the outset. And in some ways, it's, it's about balancing the different parts of the progressive coalition. There have been a lot of conversations about how divided Republicans are. And I, I think there are some divisions between Republicans, to be sure. Oh, heck yeah. But that overlooks the fact that overlooks the fact that there are divisions on the left, too, about how best to proceed. And I, I would say there's a more pragmatic part of the left that's saying, look, if if the question is, should the Senate move to pass uh, Biden's stimulus package and all of this stuff that he proposed yesterday or uh, engage in an impeachment trial, there's actually a decent number of Democrats who are saying, you know what, let's get the let's get the stimulus stuff done and not let the other stuff distract us, not let the impeachment trial distract us. So I, I do think there is there is this point of view in the Democratic Party. And I, I think we're going to have to see how it plays out over the next week here, because it is going to be very difficult for them to walk and chew gum at the same time. I know there's been this conversation. Could they do an impeachment trial and do at the same time, uh, you know, action on the nominees of Biden as well as the stimulus package? I think that's going to be really, really hard. I think history shows that. Well, and the uh, the media coverage would be all impeachment all day long. Um, right. Well, and I think it's worth just uh, briefly you know, reminding people we're talking about a weird post-mortem impeachment. The very idea of which is really kind of strange and unprecedented. And maybe unconstitutional. We're not right. exactly sure. Right. Um, so do you think, did Biden, was that on purpose, the whole $1.9 trillion proposal last night to, like, try to change the conversation and refocus people? I mean, did he do that on purpose to say, hey, uh, let's remember what we're doing here? Yeah, you know, I do think that's part of it. There's been some reporting about Biden's frustration that, First of all, you know, there are a lot of big problems he knows he's got to deal with. COVID, you know, is one of them. The economy is obviously a second one. And I think he is concerned a little bit about his ability to deal with those things and his ability to get Democrats focused on those things, when instead all of the talk over the last couple of days has been on impeachment. I was actually a little surprised, guys, at how big of a package he proposed, you know, $1.9 trillion there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't know if, if if you guys have had a chance to look at it. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in there. Some of it I, I actually agree with. You know, I do think we've got to do more in terms of funding, vaccine distribution, getting stuff out there to deal with COVID, continuing to have a lot of money for testing. But there's also stuff in there that, frankly, and Steve Moore, the conservative commentator, called it a wish list for progressives. There is stuff in there that you're kind of scratching your head and thinking, well, why is this in here? If really the focus of this is trying to get us out in the abyss of what COVID and the shutdowns have caused. Do you have a for instance or two? Well, we mentioned earlier well, the $15 I mean, raising, an hour minimum wage. They're going to right, jam through with yeah. raising, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. I mean, I think that's something. Look, we can have a debate about raising the minimum wage. In the context of this package, though, I'm not sure it's the right place for that. Also, there, there continues to be this push to send money to states that want to be bailed out for poor management practices. Mm. And, and, and that is something where you look at it and you say, okay, like, why is it that we're sending all of this money? Biden wants to send $350 billion to states essentially to help buy off their, their, their bad pension practices. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. And I just don't think that voters in 
states that are well run want to be paying for voters in for for actions of legislators and politicians in states that aren't poorly uh, that aren't well run. And, and yeah, but really no voters are going to hear that, Lonhe. No voters are going to yeah. hear that. They don't know that's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that's why it's important for people to spread the message about you know. I mean, they talk about state and local aid as if they didn't do this. You know, you'd have a bunch of states that wouldn't be able to do vaccine distribution or that wouldn't be able to provide Medicaid to folks. And that's just not true. I mean, look at California as an example. California, last year, Gavin Newsom could not stop talking about how bad the fiscal situation was in California. And you know what he did? He put out a massive budget this year and basically admitted, hey, you know, California revenue-wise had a pretty good year last year. That's the kind of stuff that should, that should make people's blood boil, that on top of all that, there's still an effort now to send $350 billion to states, many of whom really don't need it. Uh, back to uh, the I word briefly. Um, are there 17 Republican votes to actually boot Trump out of office, even though he will already be out of office when they, when they vote? But are there yeah. 17? Uh, you know, at, at this point, I put it at about a 20 to 25 percent chance. Look, the only reason you would have the votes, first of all, Mitch McConnell has expressed an openness to it, not because he wants to remove Trump because the whole thing is going to be academic because Trump's going to be gone anyway. If they want to have the removal vote so they can have the subsequent vote on barring Trump from future office. And the only way they get there is right. with, the, with the removal vote first. So the question is really how much personal ambition is going to, is going to come into play here. You're going to have some Republicans thinking about running for president in 2024 who are saying, ah, you know what, getting Trump out of the way might not be so bad. But uh, I, it, it, that, that's a dynamic at work. Here. Well, one of the reasons that that question was the lead into this, I wonder, I, I worry that we're to a point now where people are starting to base their votes, maybe for the first time in U.S. history, on personal fear. Lindsey Graham last week, you know, he, he famously said, we played the clip a bunch of times, it's over, I'm out, I'm done. Like, you know, he was done with Trump. He's done with this whole thing. Let's move on. He's softened that a great deal, and oh, I yeah. wonder if that's actual physical fear for himself or his family. If we might have people making their political decisions now because they're afraid, which is not a good way to have uh, politics run like it's run on a lot of the world. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... it's um, well, first of all, it's an awful thing to see. I mean, we've seen the scenes of legislators being threatened, you know, physically and verbally, uh, you know, outside of the Capitol building, on planes, on at airports, and we, we've seen these scenes. And there's really no, there's no room for that in a in a civilized country and one that's got a democracy that's supposedly as mature as ours. So yeah, I worry about that too. I mean, I worry about the potential that people are responding based on personal fear, based wow. on desire to ensure that they're not. Um, not harm. There actually are some legislators, you know, a couple of members of Congress who I've talked to over the last couple of days, and, and they are legitimately concerned. I mean, I don't think this is just like something they're saying. I think there's some members of Congress who were really shaken by what happened at the Capitol last week. And even subsequent to that, have experienced things that have caused them to really fear for their personal safety. And, and you know, that's that's no way for for a republic as as grand and mighty as ours to be operating. I hope people realize that. Lon He Chen, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen and fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution. Thanks a million, Lon He. Great to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Thanks. And Thank of, you. And of course it happens on both sides. Maxine Waters said it out loud. People should be scared to go out to eat. Right.
Yep, encouraged uh, it over uh, and over You know, again. getting in the face of Mitch McConnell at the restaurant with his wife, making him physically afraid. We can't operate on people voting, you know, I'd like to vote this way, but I'm afraid they'll do something to my kids. We can't. We, we honest to God, cannot operate like that. We will lose our republic, yes. Uh, it's uh, worth pointing out that if if the legislators aren't concerned about their safety and their family safeties, they're fools. Absolutely. I mean, the hardest core of the uh, Capitol stormers were intent, according to the FBI, they were intent on abducting and or executing public figures. I got to believe that... Uh... Uh, Lonnie was way, uh, way to the soft side of the way they feel. I-, I can't imagine what their email email feed looks like. The phone calls they're getting, right, right. Well, speaking of keeping your home and family safe, a word from our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe. Whether it's a break in, fire, flooding, or a medical emergency, Simply Safe Home Security delivers award winning twenty four seven protection with an arsenal of cameras and sensors and the best professional monitors in the business. It's simple to use. It's simple to set up. Those are all very important. It's simple to order. It's simple to get into. It's simple to get out of. Those are all very, very important things. And a whole bunch of different organizations have said it's the best security system you can get. Just plain the best. I love the fact that it's super high quality, but there are not long-term contracts and not an expensive install. So why not check it out? You get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. And because you're our listener, you get a free home security camera when you purchase the Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simply Safe. It's S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get that free security camera. Uh, you're going to like it. It's a really good system. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So the point i was just making um if you haven't heard the dc cops talking about what it was like in the middle of the melee we'll play some of that for you next hour sometime we did that earlier in the show um it's 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 horrifying and and if you and uh, uh, i want to mention this because i want everybody to see it the video the wall street journal put together with a whole bunch of different camera footage and iphone videos and all that sort of stuff that gives you kind of a timeline of how the whole thing unfolded Look at that. It's just amazing. There were a whole bunch of people at the at the leading edge of that protest, because I think a lot of people there were there to protest, but there are a lot of people at the front of it that were there to overwhelm the cops, get in there, and hurt people. That's right. why they were there. That's why they showed up. Or killed them. Or killed them. And they were, they were screaming, kill the cop with his own gun. Kill him with his own gun. Uh, since when is anything, in any way, even just distantly tied to conservatism, being down with cop killers. How can you possibly excuse any of that? And Anybody. Then and then you're going to kill the Speaker of the House and perhaps right. the Vice President, and you're going to... I mean, that's a takeover of the country. That is an insurrection. Right, it really is. And yes, we absolutely are aware we've been saying it over and over again. There were different like layers of intensity. There were the hardcore anarchist types. Uh, there were the uh, they're up for a brawl, kind of excited to smash stuff types. Uh, there were the excited idiots who posed for social media pics. Right. And then there were the people who thought, wow, this is crazy. I'm going to go see what's happening. And those people should not be condemned nope. like the, the, the maniacs because they're not maniacs. They made an error in judgment, but they're not bad people. Anyway, if you haven't heard that stuff, if you haven't seen the Wall Street Journal video, we've got it linked at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrongandgetty.com.
couple of COVID things to tell you, and then the latest trend in men's facial hair, which is sweeping the no. nation. Important we know that. Deci- oh, it is. This is a good one. And uh, doing a little surveying with the uh, women who work around here, asking them if... Uh, I feel it's best you hear about this here first before encountering it in the wild. You do want to be aware of its existence yeah. before you just see it for the first time. This men's facial hair. Uh, really? Yeah, because it will catch you off guard. <laughs> what the heck? And you might not know how to react. Now, there's a Major League Baseball player that had it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a little COVID news first, then, then the hair thing, which I might try. <laughs> Is it shaving your beard and making you eat it? It's got nothing to do with that. Okay. So this is bad news if it's true. Uh, prelim- a preliminary study on COVID, even people with antibodies can spread the virus. Um, so there's good news, bad news thing here. First, most of those who get the infection appear to be immune for at least five months afterward. So at least five months. That's been one of the questions since the beginning. You, you forget that. Uh, as devastating as this been, and you know, worldwide and all that, it's only been around really with scientists studying it for like ten months, maybe. That scientists really been studying it all over the world, trying to figure this all out, and that's not that long a time. So there's not that much we know. And one of the questions was, if I get it, can I get it again, or am I immune now? Well, they think you're immune for at least five months. They're not sure after that because they don't have enough data. And second, even those with antibodies, you've gotten it once, might be able to spread the infection to others. I don't quite get how that works. Wow. So they could, well, the virus could camp out in your body a little bit and and bounce out of you to other people without making you sick. Maybe you're inhospitable enough to fight it off, but some of their uh, scouts remain, you know, on your territory. They have no idea how long beyond five months at this point you've got immunity protection if you've already had it. If it's only five months, that's rather discouraging. That would be awful. Although, but it could be a lifetime, right? Although, Sure. Although if yeah. we get the vaccine out, it won't make any difference. If, the, if we get the vaccine out to enough people, then it works. To me, the yeah, biggest so. change that this makes is it, it makes it much more difficult to rely on other people's vaccination to protect you. Because they could be carrying it and not getting sick from it. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes. Well said. Yeah. Everyone is a potential source of infection for others and should behave accordingly. So, we'll see. We'll know everything we need to know about this after it's gone. That's the way <laughs> exactly. it works. Yeah. Are you ready for the new facial hair? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I guess you've you've got me concerned now. Now I'm no, I'm rarely concerned about facial hair. I'm concerned that without the visual, it's not going to have the impact. I'll sh- I'll show you. Okay. Um, what it looks like. It's called the monkey tail. Oh no! And so you have a <laughs> oh no! You have the beard going down one side. It's like a beard and goatee, except you shave off one side of the beard. And then the other side of the side of the goatee, so it looks well. It looks like you've got a monkey tail going down your face and around your upper lip. Yeah, particularly like you have a monkey sitting on your head with its tail going down one ear, kind of in a in an Abe Lincoln chin like strap. Down your sideburn, yeah. along your jawline, up the opposite side where a goatee would be, then the mustache. Yes, and then it doesn't, and then make sure it doesn't connect on the other end, right? Yeah. So you right. see they all have that little gap. Well, so it's yeah, just curling monkey around. tails yeah. are just kind of hanging there, right? Here's that a, is terrible. Here's a Major League Baseball player who is rocking the monkey tail. An Oakland A. 
unsurprisingly, in my uh, very unofficial survey of, of ladies in the newsroom about what their opinions were of the monkey tail beard, the Major League Baseball player was the only one who got the thumbs up. And I have in, a feeling that has to do more with other things. <laughs> please, in the same way that if you are handsome and you sexually harass someone, they're flattered. Now, some people like I'm showing Joe this picture of this oh dude my. who uh, he took a time to do a little dye, so put some stripes on it, so he got like a striped, yeah, a lemur tail. Exactly. Yeah, he two toned it. Oh, the lemur tail. <laughs> I wish I had good enough facial hair to do the monkey tail. I'd absolutely <laughs> rock that. My kids would find that hilarious. My son's been visiting for the last several days. It's been great fun. Judy and I played golf with him. First time the three of us have played in years. And That's it was, awesome. it was just absolutely fabulous. Uh, but he has much better sideburns than I could ever grow. And I'm very jealous. Very could he, jealous. Could he pull boy. off the monkey tail? You got to make him aware. Oh, of it. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, absolutely. Like, guy, if you got good facial hair like this guy right here, that's a good looking monkey tail right there. You know, if I, I, he's actually rocking the stash right now, mm-hmm. so he's merely two weeks away from having a really solid monkey tail. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, this is how we amuse ourselves <laughs> while the world is crumbling. my beard and force me to eat it. Well, that's unfortunate. I'd rather do that than sport the monkey tail. Sorry. <laughs> you can do that. you got enough facial hair to do the monkey tail. Uh, yeah, yeah. Old, it'd be a, yeah. a slightly older monkey tail. Right, it'd be like a scraggly monkey that has some sort of monkey disease. <laughs> you and your lad doing a family pic, both with the monkey tail beards? Come oh. on. Now I have a dream worth living for, Sean. Father-son monkey tails. Armstrong and Getty.